أتانا بسناء فضاء الدنيا وطيوب فاحت وعطور في شهر From the Tuam FM studio, I say good afternoon and send my warmest of welcomes to each of you tuned in to another episode of Keeping Up With Ramadan on another blessed day of this precious month. Joining you live is Nadia to deliver the fifth episode of Keeping Up With Ramadan on 92.1 FM via live stream on 2MFM.org and via the 2MFM app on iOS and Android devices. I have a very, very great episode ahead for you this afternoon. The focus of the show today will be how to reap the maximum health benefits through fasting. Today I'll be speaking with Prudence Matar, a holistic health coach with her expertise lying in all things women's health. She's the founder and managing director at Matar Health Holistic Nutrition and Wellness Clinic. She helps so many women and their families become the healthiest versions of themselves, physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Today she'll be answering some key questions associated with keeping our health front of mind this Ramadan, We'll be hearing about some of the dietary recommendations that will help to maintain our energy levels. And she will let us know how to eliminate those feelings we get from overeating, not eating correctly and all those sorts of things we experience during the holy month of Ramadan. So that's what's coming up on the show this afternoon. A short break and I'll return with you with the holistic health expert Prudence Matar very shortly. You are tuned in to Keeping Up With Ramadan on 92.1 FM Muslim Community Radio.
The central purpose of Ramadan is to excel in spirituality, reach piety and righteousness. And while we know that fasting in Ramadan helps us increase our piety, this month also presents a healthy dose of untold physical benefits. But it all depends on how we do it, what we eat and how we eat. It can hinder our ability to perform our acts of worship productively. Without taking care of proper diet and nutrition management, we will really feel the impact of tiredness, inability to focus and other physical limitations that lead to unproductivity. So how do you manage your nutrition to maintain productive energy levels while fasting during Ramadan? How can we maximize and retain the health benefits of fasting. Well, that's exactly what I'll be discussing with our very, very special guest today, Prudence Matar, an author, columnist, community liaison support worker, and founder and managing director at Matar Health Holistic Nutrition and Wellness Clinic, located at Woolai Creek. She has more than 10 years holistic health, fitness, and nutritional experience, specializing in advocating a holistic approach to overall health and nutrition, and the absolutely delights me to welcome her in the Tom FM studio. Assalamu alaikum Prudence. Ramadan Mubarak to you. Wa alaikum assalam Nadia. Thank you for having me. Now fasting the month of Ramadan I guess presents a lot of opportunities to benefit spiritually and religiously. But what many people don't actually know that it's a practice that has been long associated with a, a range of potential health benefits. A lot of it has been backed up uh, by scientific evidence. So what can you tell us about the surprising and untold health benefits of fasting? Excellent question. And I think it's important to differentiate fasting as of like the kind of fad of intermittent mm. fasting from fasting for Ramadan because there is a difference and we talk about holistic health mm. so when we're fasting for Ramadan we're fasting for uh, a purpose so there's that spiritual aspect when we're fasting for um, Ramadan there's that purpose and we've got that mind body connection so we're talking about spirituality we're talking about psychological health factors social factors so when we're in Ramadan we hopefully have that social connection where we're breaking bread together and eating together we've got psychological factors where we have got some control that we're having it's an opportunity to reset so we are actually having control over what goes in to our mouths at that time as well we're being mindful about what we're eating and what we're not eating during that time so all those factors come into play the mind the body the spirit and the connection and then there's spiritual spirituality aspect which is a lot more than just not eating but then if we look at the scientific factors and the what makes up the healthy aspects of fasting for Ramadan. We have got some scientific studies. It's difficult to effectively compare them because there are so many variables mm. in terms of which culture you come from, so what kind of foods that you eat. It's important to the climate. So, it's so hot. there's no one-size-fits-all. I mean, it varies between Correct. different cultures. Yes, and then the climate. So obviously in our time zone in mm. Australia at the moment, our fasts are very short. Exactly. And the weather's cool. But other parts of the world, long days, hot weather. Mm. So that obviously will different, differently compare the effects. Mm. But overall, we have some scientific studies to prove that weight loss can be obtained through fasting for Ramadan. Also, the biggest one was reduced risk factors for coronary heart disease. So reduced LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, increased HDL, which is the good cholesterol. So therefore that then um, reduces our risk for heart disease. So that has been scientifically proven that that can happen through fasting. And then immune function. So a lot of people who were fasting had their bloods measured, not fasting, and then fasting, and their immunological function actually improved whilst fasting. 
So some mm. big health benefits there. We've got the spiritual aspect, we've got the mental aspect and psychological aspect, as well as immune function, heart disease risk and weight loss. MashaAllah, okay. So it really, I guess, contributes to improving our overall health and well-being, not just physical, but a lot of people really like to focus on weight loss during the month mm-hmm. of Ramadan. And the opportunities for weight loss is absolutely astounding. It's amazing to see that there are other added benefits, including cardiovascular health. Mm. So there is so much benefit embedded in fasting the month of Ramadan. Absolutely. Now, Prudence, it's Islamically recommended and highly rewardable for one to break their fast with dates. Aside from the religious recommendation, there is also great reasoning behind this. Dates contain many nutrients and health benefits. So what can you tell us about the kind of benefits that dates bring? This is actually fascinating because I didn't even think that much about it until I started to think about what Mm. are we breaking our fast on. So dates of themselves, there was a a study done in 2008 that actually compared the functional nutritional values of dates. And this, because of the minerals, the mineral content and the different makeup, which we'll talk about in a second, of that date, they actually believe, these scientists that studied the humble date, believe that this should actually be incorporated as one of the functional foods or one of those kind of like superfoods. So why would the date be good to break your fast on? Because the date is like 70% carbohydrate. So it's a a big energy hit. So as we haven't eaten all day, right? There's like, Mm. depending on where you live, huge gap, 12 hours, let's say, of not eating. And then as soon as you eat the date, it is going straight into your, it's easily absorbed in the gut, straight into the bloodstream, gives a hit of energy. So we get that energy release straight away. There's also fiber. So some good insoluble fiber in there as well, which again, helps with the breakdown of that sugar great for our gut health when we haven't been eating all day so mm. we haven't eaten all day if we put a big heavy meal in there straight away it's going to be hard to digest but the date hitting the stomach first because it is full of that fiber helps us to feel more satisfied so we ho- hopefully won't overeat later on but also helps to break down and digest the foods that are going to hit the stomach afterwards wow and you mentioned minerals as well there's like potassium selenium which is a huge antioxidant it's a very like an anti-cancer mm. kind of mineral mm. in there. Iron, potassium, copper, um, all these beautiful nutrients as well that are also yeah. electrolytes. Some of them are electrolytes too. And the magnesium, which can help. Oh, we haven't, sure. We've been yeah. fasting all day. We haven't drank any fluids and our electrolytes would assumably be low. So that magnesium there as well helps to replenish those lost fluids. That's amazing. It actually Mm. makes me so emotional Mm. hearing about those benefits embedded in eating dates because Mm. it really reinforces the wisdom behind this prophetic medicine. Quite literally, eating dates is prophetic medicine and it provides so many benefits that Mm. you just spoke about. But, you know, after a long day of fasting, it's so important Mm. to break your fast on something as nutritious as dates. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, during Ramadan, also suhoor is an essential part of fasting. Islamically, it is recommended to have suhoor, which should constitute a light and healthy meal. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the foods that we should be eating to keep us fuller for longer and give us I suppose that energy and buzz for a day of fasting. Yeah. As you mentioned, there is that prophetic evidence that we should be doing it as well. So I definitely think that our day should be starting with suhoor and then obviously we break our fast for iftar and maybe mm. an after iftar snack. It's really important to just still follow those normal aspects of healthy eating. So that would include a balanced meal. So at suhoor, depending on what you feel like eating or not, obviously you're not going to make have a big meal, a light snack. Mm. 
something that is balanced. So in terms of it's a carbohydrate, so a low GI carbohydrate. So that would be something that's not white rice or white bread. So wholemeal breads, seeded breads, oats are fantastic. They're mm. my favorite. Combined with a protein. So the protein helps to stabilize that blood sugar so it doesn't go really high after eating and then mm. crash and make us hungry again throughout the day. So we want to mm. have that sustained energy throughout the day without any big rises and falls. So my favorite go-tos to combine that carbohydrate and protein would be things like overnight oats. So you can prepare yeah. them in advance, have them in the morning. Yeah. Definitely something warm. We don't want to waken up out of our sleep and have something mm. cold hit our stomach. So, so even if you're in a hot and muggy part of the world, you should ideally be consuming something warm, so warm oats. I still think like room that. temperature at room least, temperature, even if it's yeah. not hot. Because cold, it is hard in our digestion as oh, well. Okay. So cold yeah. foods kind of put out that digestive fire mm. and affect the digestion, which is already kind of hindered a little bit with fasting because mm. such a big change in our routine. Does that also include water? So should we consume water that's room temperature? Definitely. I don't wow. like cold. I don't like advocating for cold water or even cold drinks at all, especially with meals. Mm. So when we're breaking our fast, I guess the thirst kind of to quench the thirst, we'll often go for cold drinks. But it's so hard to quench your thirst with water room that's temp. room temperature. I yeah. think it's perhaps just um, is it like a mental thing? Yeah, I think it's ah, a habit. I think it's okay. definitely a habit. It's something that's ingrained. Yeah. And I think you can start off by doing half half. So half cold water, half room temp or just a tap tap temp and to just slowly reduce it. I just think it's better for digestion. And Mm. we have a lot of traditional medicine that tells us that it's better for digestion to have warm or room temp fluids when we're drinking. Well, that's something new that I learned today. I know. Well, that's good. I'm glad. That's what I'm here for. Of course. And, And so many people don't actually consider these things you know they don't consider okay the repercussions or the potential repercussions Mm. of consuming very cold water and how it affects the function the functionality of our digestive system so it's fabulous that you mentioned that you know it's really important for us to focus on eating nutritious food especially uh, for suhoor because these foods will actually help to sustain our body for the next couple of hours and give you that vitality and strength that you need Mm. uh, throughout that day of fasting, especially if you are going to be fasting for a very, very long time. Exactly. Exactly. So porridge is one of my favorites as well. So we mentioned overnight oats. I love porridge too. Again, oats. Exactly. And you prepare them. I just put them in the pan the night before. So put them in the saucepan with the water so they're soaking. Mm. So they're kind of partially already cooking, absorbing that water. And then when you wake up, you just turn them on cook them in the water and then add in some walnuts, some chia seeds, a bit of diced apple, a mm. bit of honey, some cinnamon, and then you can enjoy a little bit of milk as well. So you're having that balance. You've got some mm. fibre there. You've got some slow-release carbohydrates, a little bit of fruit for energy or even some dates in there, which people like exactly. to cook for sweetening it. Yeah. And the chia seeds and walnut add some fat and a little bit of tiny bit of protein. So it balances that out, hopefully mm. keeps you going all day. So you mentioned overnight oats. Yes. Uh, what about if someone wants to do instant oats? Is there a difference in... in- so instant oats are normally more of a – so they're not the whole oat. It's okay. actually chopped. So that is normally more of a higher GI. So it's still low GI in terms mm. of the grain, but a whole rolled oat it's has better. a lower GI than an instant or a cut okay. oat. Okay. So you can still do either, but the low GI, the lower GI one is the whole rolled oat. Mm. So it's something that you'd obviously need to prepare the night before. Yeah. Um, you can do it in that way or you can do it in the fridge. Maybe you can, um, you know, put some yogurt beautiful um, yogurt is fantastic even apple shredded yep. apple is that's fantastic. how i love to do mine exactly Good exactly yep. and so, that greek yogurt's a protein as well 
So it's exactly. high in protein. So if you're having that Greek yogurt, Greek it's a yogurt. fat, it's a protein, you're adding in some carbohydrates into mm. it. It's super easy. And I just take mine out of the fridge while I'm running around preparing everything else just to get it to a little bit of a mm. more of a room temp so it's not freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. And then you can eat that at hood before A you lot drink. of people think that it's it's too much to prepare, but mm. really if you get yourself in the habit of doing that, you realise that it's making a difference yep. for your health and, and for your family's health as well. Absolutely. Look, although fasting has been linked to numerous health benefits, these benefits can be quite undone if you don't eat the right types of mm. foods. What are the kinds of foods we should be avoiding for our pre-dawn meal? So for so we mentioned the types of foods that you recommend for yeah. us to eat. What about the foods that we should be avoiding yeah. totally? Because during that time, people are inclined to, to eat sweets, especially late at night. Mm. They're feeling peckish, snacks. What can you tell us about things that we should totally avoid consuming? And you're exactly right with that point that you said, that exact point that you said was so accurate. Mm. If you want to get the health benefits of fasting, it really depends on what you eat when you're not fasting. Exactly. So are we going to do a fast then feast or are we going to fast and then eat Mm. adequately enough to sustain us of the right kind of foods? So at Sahut, if we're eating that dawn meal, that pre-dawn meal, we should be avoiding things that are really highly processed, things that are really highly sugary. So like don't get that halo out from last <laughs> night or that those sweets out from last night's yeah. Um, yeah. dessert. That would be the best thing to avoid. And then think, and things too salty as well because mm. then we're going to get thirsty throughout the day, That's which we right. don't want to make us even more thirsty. Um, and then that white, we said before, white. So white bread, white rice, anything that's really highly processed or refined grain or sugar mm. because it's not terribly bad for us, but what happens is when we eat that, especially if it's on its own without a protein combined with it, it spikes our blood sugar level. Okay. So that can make us more hungry throughout the day or we get wow. those little bit of shakes because yes, the blood yes, sugar yes. goes a bit low. That's right. So if our blood sugar goes high then low, we start to get shaky, really hungry. Mm. So that's going to be more detrimental to us throughout the day than having something that's like a brown bread with lots of seeds in it with a boiled egg. Mm. some avocado, okay. that will sustain yeah. us throughout the day, not make us get that huge peak and then drop in sugar. Exactly, exactly. You mentioned that salt stimulates thirst. Uh, what kinds of foods have a lot of salt in mm. it? Mm. I know for a lot of people they might consume fish for iftar, yeah. not necessarily for suhoor, but for iftar, yeah. and that really makes them thirsty. Mm. Or they might have manush. Mm. Zatar is something that keeps you thirsty throughout True. the whole day. Yeah. Is that something that you recommend we should avoid? What other kinds of food yeah. are high in salt that we yeah. probably, it's a good idea for us to keep away from? Yeah. A lot of us put added salt in the food as well. So it's the added salt, but things, this package, a lot of packaged foods mm. are high in salt. Even tomatoes, like tomato paste, tomato okay. puree, purees, um, uh, passata, those mm. bottled kind of tomato sauces and things that you put in pastas are also very mm. high in salt. Or You're sodium. likely to get heartburns as well. From that. Absolutely, eggplant, capsicum, they're the like okay. nightshades that cause that heartburn. Mm. And then you said the um, the manish or those pizzas, so yes. they, that does have a lot of oil in it. It's a refined carbohydrate, so it's mm. white, mm. and they add salt to the dough, so that's going to make you very thirsty because yeah. it's heavy. Exactly, exactly. What about caffeine consumption mm. during? Is it best to avoid it? Ah, the caffeine and the coffee (laughs) is the biggest question. So this is completely dependent upon you. So if there's Mm. someone who for 40 years of their life has been waking up at Suhoor and having a coffee and it's been Mm. fine for them, Mm. that's fine. You can keep doing that. Mm. If it's been fine for you and hasn't affected your fasting and you felt Mm. great throughout the day, you can start to wean off it slowly. So the healthiest option would be to avoid it if you can Mm. so Mm. to start weaning off slowly so maybe delay that coffee and instead of having it in the morning have it at 12 have it at one 
and then slowly have none at all. So okay. then by the time Ramadan comes and you're fasting, you're not having coffee. Yeah. But if yeah. you have to have it at Suhoor, have it with food. Have mm-hmm. it with that balanced meal we talked about. Have it with a protein and a really low GI seeded mm. wholemeal bread or something to help absorb it and stop that rise in blood sugar levels and obviously some water afterwards. Yeah. So it's highly individual depending on how you handle caffeine yeah. and what yeah. you've always done. Okay, that makes sense. So always have it with one of those things that you mentioned. Now, uh, a lot of people think Ramadan is an opportunity to overindulge and gorge on fatty foods to make up for Mm. not eating during daylight hours. But what a lot of people don't realize is that if you don't consume a proper iftar meal, this can really impact your health. So what encompasses a well-balanced iftar meal? Yeah, so... That would be, again, similar. So if we want to reap those rewards and feel great the whole month, because Mm. if we eat the right foods, like you mentioned, we have that opportunity to feel good. And if we feel healthy, we're more inclined to be able to reach that spiritual level as well, because we're not worried about that headache or Mm. that thirst or that extreme tired. Right. So some people, you've been fasting all day. If you then break your fast on something that's maybe a bit too heavy, then you get really tired. And then where's that time for that? Those prayers? Exactly. Gone. So and that's it's really the whole important. purpose. And yes. that's, that's the whole purpose of our interview today, to really get people to think about what they're eating and mm. how they're eating, because that is going to affect your productivity levels during the holy month of Ramadan. Absolutely. It is a month of performing acts of obedience and acts of worship. Mm. So if you don't have the energy to do so, what benefit are you going to bring for yourself? Yep. So you need to really work on your physical health yes. to be able to work on your spiritual, uh, spiritual health. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why it's so important. So the kind of foods that you eat really can determine your mood. Mm. They can they can affect your mood. They can affect your energy. Yeah. So, again, it's about balance. Like we talked about at Sahur. So always ensuring that maybe if you imagine a dinner plate in your head, cut that dinner plate in half and half of that could be veggies. Mm. any kind of variety cooked or raw a quarter of the plate a protein source like a good quality piece of grilled meat or fish or chicken not too big like the size of your palm Mm. and the other quarter of the plate would be a good quality carbohydrate like a brown rice wholemeal pasta Mm. or some potato a lot of people from the middle eastern community might be listening now and (laughs) really laugh Hot chips. Yeah, hot <laughs> chips. And, and there has to be a variety of food on mm. the table. Sambulski, hot chips, yes. soup, uh, fatosh. You know the drill. Yes. You know how it goes. So they might say like, really, I've been fasting all day and I'm going to have mm. eat a portion size plate of mm. food. But really, you know, it contributes, as we said, to a person feeling sluggish yes. throughout the day and at night as well. Absolutely. You get this overload, you know, when you overindulge, when you overeat, mm. you're going to be feeling like not yourself. Yeah. So there can be a lot of repercussions. It can make us feel sluggish and tired, especially at night. And I guess this bloated and lethargic feeling often goes hand in hand with eating those greasy, fatty foods on Mm. an empty stomach. Um, That's the problem. You've got this empty stomach. And then what makes it worse is that you opt for a fizzy drink to wash it down. Bloat. Exactly. So that is a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for bloating. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't really consider these things during the holy Mm. month. So it's really important that we focus on the types of food that we are consuming during the holy month. So we spoke about the types of food that we should be consuming and avoiding. 
What about the way in which we eat? Yeah. How should we eat in a way that wouldn't cause discomfort or bloating? Yeah. And this is so important. Like as like you said, as much as what you're eating, how to mm. eat is so important. Mm. Because if we're not eating mindfully, so that's a big one, even when we're not yeah. fasting, to be eating mindfully. So what that means is looking at what's on your plate, maybe putting it on your plate so you know what portion that you're going to be having. So mm. we're not going to overindulge. There's always going to be more. You can go back for more. You're not going to miss out. Mm. We always kind of get a bit concerned and eat too fast. So eat mindfully, chew your food and eat slowly. And to make sure we're really chewing that food because digestion begins in our mouth mm. with our digestive enzymes as well as that chewing function. So eat slowly, eat mindfully and start with the veggies. So you mentioned the fatush and the soup. Mm. That's a great one to start with. Obviously, mm. don't have the hot chips. But you can still enjoy the fried foods, but it's really important to, to gradually it. ease yes. yourself into it. And let your stomach adjust. The problem is people get so excited when yes. they see that of food course. on the table. I can't want a bit of this and a bit of that, a bit of that. Yep. I'm confronted with all this amazing food you know i want something now like i want to eat it at the same time and that's a big problem you need you need to ease yourself into it take your body back into the process of digesting and there's no need to rush or overdo it you know the food's not going anywhere we should take our time and we actually enjoy the food better of course, and sit there longer and enjoy it. And that's why I love the social aspect too. Mm. Those fortunate enough to have family or friends exactly. to break fast with, when it's social, you are more inclined to sit there longer, right. savour the meal and enjoy it. And I think that a lot culturally as well in the Middle Eastern culture, we're so focused on eating, packing the table, cleaning afterwards. Exactly. It's important to sit down, take enjoy. your time, enjoy it, and then you yeah. can get up and clean and then do the prayer or you know prayers first. So that's I love right. to have the date first, then go pray Maghrib. That's so right. Break your fast yeah. with a date. Date or two. and water. Absolutely. Date and water. Yeah. Let then that date do its job. We talked about of Ooh. replenishing those stores, replenishing those minerals and nutrients, replenishing that blood glucose. Let it help digest, then pray, and then come back and eat your salad, your soup, then a little bit of protein, and then a little bit of the fried foods. I mean, when you have that date, subhanAllah, it's enough to keep you full yes. for the next couple of hours. It does so much for your body. Yes. When you eat that date, it's as if like your body is replenished in an yes. instant. And it really is, subhanAllah. And yeah. we know that that high fructose and glucose component mm. of the date actually does help with satiety. So it sends a message to our brain going, yeah, I feel good. I feel good. I feel fuller now. Yeah, it's so, amazing. Even yeah. though you haven't eaten anything else, yes. but that suffices. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredible uh, to know that. But when it comes to... You know, how we eat, we should always reflect on the message of Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. regarding the hadith in which he mentions a third of your stomach should be water, a third should be for food, and a third should be air to allow for digestion and breath. And yes. if we follow the guidance of the Prophet, it will make our life so much better, so much easier. And yep. it makes sense. Yep. No. And subhanAllah, that is exactly right. Even mm. in other traditions, yeah. so obviously we want to always come back to prophetic medicine, but we also know scientifically and through other traditional Chinese medicine as well, we should only eat until we're 60%, 70% full. We don't eat until we're busting. Okay. So that again, that leaves that room for the digestion and the air that you mentioned as well. And that's one way to avoid that bloating and discomfort we talked about when we're fasting or yeah. breaking our fast as well. So eat mindfully, eat until we've still got plenty of room left in the stomach for our water, our air, our digestion mm. to happen as well. Sometimes even if we are overloaded, we still make room for the sweets. sweets and desserts, mm-hmm. even though we're about to vomit and, and we're bloated, filler. but mm. we force ourselves and that's a massive problem. Yeah. And there's no gap in between iftar and eating sweets. Mm. Like literally probably an 
half an hour to an hour, Mm. you know, we're indulging in sweets already. So I know you want to treat yourself, but you should be mindful of how much you're consuming. You know, it's all about moderation. Absolutely. A common complaint during Ramadan is headaches. We know that. And coffee often cops the blame. Mm. But do you suppose the real problem is dehydration? Because so many people are very quick to focus on filling their plate up with food without any due attention to water Mm. and hydration. They don't think about water. I'm just hungry. But hydration is so important. Absolutely. And water also takes up that room in the stomach too. So if you're Mm. drinking it, you don't have as much room to eat something. Exactly. So I definitely would say more hydrating foods to begin with rather than water because so you've got room to eat something. So Mm. if we're having that soup, so if culturally there's a broth or some kind of soup would be great, just a small, not a huge bowl, Mm. like a small little cup size is even enough. And then like a cup of vegetables, that's even just enough. And the hydrating vegetables like your radishes, your tomatoes, Mm. your cucumbers, which are in a common salad that exactly. a lot of people enjoy. Though, but because it's not just water intake when we're talking mm. about dehydration, it's those electrolytes that are really essential and those mm. minerals. So water on its own isn't enough. We really need to be having those electrolytes and minerals to replenish and mm. rehydrate us. So what would include those minerals and electrolytes? That well, we date, need? definitely. Dates, yep. So even you can have that beautiful date water where okay. you soak the dates and drink it. So date helps with that. Um, fruit, so mm. afterwards, after you've eaten a big gap, if you're, mm. I don't like to eat fruits immediately after a meal because the fruit then ferments and it affects the digestion. Okay. So watermelon is a beautiful one. It's not really seasonal, but any kind it's of fruit. high in water content as Correct. well. And it's yeah. also got those, some beautiful minerals in there, a bit of sugar. Mm. So um, the vegetables would be like, yeah, some cucumber. And obviously it's having lemon juice on your salad, mm. some salt on your salad. That, again, is going to rehydrate mm. you, but a small amount a of salt. It plays a part, yeah. Yeah. So everything you add into your dish. Yes. Plays a part. Absolutely. No one thinks about that. Yeah. No one thinks about, okay, what does this lemon juice do to my mm. gut? What, what about this amount of salt? We don't pay attention to mm. what we're putting into that dish that we're feeding our whole family. Yeah. And it has a with. functional property. It's not exactly. just food to fill our stomach. No. It has nutritional concepts and values as well, which is That's really right. important. And it's more so important to focus on what we eat and how we eat mm. during the month of Ramadan because you're going through, as we said, a long period of time of okay. not including any water mm. or food into your system. What about activity? Is it important to be active and exercise in the evenings after iftar to increase our productivity levels? Mm. A lot of people would say, I'm putting my exercise on hold during the day because I can't. Like, A, I don't have the time. B, because I don't have the energy. Would you recommend a person to exercise after iftar? I think it's important to understand it's highly individual. So movement Mm. is definitely important. Because of our climate here in Australia, it is possible to still get a bit of movement in through the day. So you could potentially mm. go for a walk before iftar if that was better for you. Because some people, mainly perhaps women, because we are the holders of the house, mm. um, after iftar, the cleaning, the cooking, then the prayers, the children, yeah. it might be too hard to fit it in afterwards. Mm. Ideally, yes, after iftar, if your stomach's full, it's great to go for a walk, you know, to help digest that food, get some movement in. And things, but even if you can do it before iftar, or even some people like to exercise before suhoor or after suhoor, I know okay. a lot of people that do it. 
light exercises, nothing too strenuous because that really helps, again, with the movement, helps your blood pressure. So people get lightheaded and dizzy Mm. when they're fasting. That could be because their blood pressure is too low. Mm. So some movement, some exercise helps to bring that up and reduce that fatigue and the faint-headedness that people might get. Um, So that could be a good option. So any time that it's going to fit in for you throughout the day, sensibly, not midday when it's really hot, Mm. Mm. it's going to make us more thirsty. So just before iftar could be good. If you can't do it after iftar. Yeah. I guess, you know, the the last half an hour before iftar is probably the hardest time. And it's rush hour, as Mm. you said, but it's more so very difficult. Like it's very hard to sort of to focus anymore because, you know, it's the end of the day and whatnot. But as you said, for every person, it's different. The Mm. circumstances are different. Our schedules are different as well. Mm. So it's all about, you know, what fits for you, what fits for you. Definitely. What about after Ramadan? What are some of the things that we can do to keep up the benefits we achieve during the holy month? How can we maintain the incredible benefits and habits that we worked so hard to gain during the month of Ramadan? Mm. I love this question because then we're looking at the holistic health coming Mm. back to the first question. It's a lifestyle. It is. And we come back to the first question, what are the health benefits of of Ramadan? It's an opportunity for us to reset, to change our lifestyles. Even me who lives and breathes holistic health, I'm Mm. not perfect. Perfect in what mm. I do, what I eat, how I think, how I act. Exactly. So Ramadan is that moment to gather our thoughts, That's think right. about how we're going to prepare our bodies and our minds mm. and things that you can do. So the great things that mm. we've implemented in Ramadan, that healthy eating principle, but the mindful eating is the biggest one. So mm. we don't always have to just constantly eat because we're bored. And we know that in Ramadan when we're not mm. eating constantly. We've got other things to do to fulfill our time rather than just snacking constantly. Exactly. So I think that's a big one. So be aware, am I really hungry right now or am I bored? So I'm going to be mindful about what I'm eating. Mm. I'm going to make sure I'm following those principles of healthy eating, hydrating foods, veggies, protein, carbohydrate, balance in my all my meals. Yeah. Um, and just eat simply, not extravagantly. And don't eat until we're hugely full. So those things, because yeah. even when we're not fasting, we often do that. We have big gaps in our meals. Exactly. By the end of the day at dinner time, we just eat a lot and yeah. we're not very present in what we're eating. So I think it's important to be really present, intuitive eating. Am I hungry? Listen mm. to those hunger cues. If I am, let me feed myself something that's wholesome, good and simple. Wow. So it's really achieving, yes, again, that holistic approach to eating, being mindful of how you're eating. And Ramadan is the best opportunity, the best time to center yourself and really develop those good habits to follow for the rest of the year. Healthy eating is not something that should be temporary. Mm -hmm. It should be part of our lifestyle. And one of the main things that we can really achieve during the month of Ramadan is re-establishing that control over our appetites. You mentioned that when we eat, most of the time we do it out of boredom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's associated with emotional eating. Yes. When we're bored and we can't focus, we tend to eat. It happens for, for anyone. So it can be really tricky, I guess, during the month of Ramadan when you're confronted with all these delicious Ramadan (laughs) foods. But it is the perfect time to sort of train yourself to step away from that and be more conscious of the quality and the quantity of the food that you are eating, what effects it has on the body and what drives us, what gives us the urge to eat. A lot of people don't think about it. Okay, my brain is telling me that I want to eat. So, you know, you need to ask yourself why do I have this thought in my head? Or I'm stressed, so I'm going to eat. And I'm going to eat these kind of foods that are going to give me instant gratification rather than dealing with the stress. Everyone has stresses. Let's manage that stress. Go for a walk. 
pray, do yeah. something that's going to help. Call a friend and speak to them. Obviously, food's important and it nourishes us, mm. but are we eating the right kind of foods and are we eating at the right times that's best for us? Exactly. And most of us do overeat, especially when we're stressed and we want those sugar hits. Absolutely. We go to food immediately. Yes. And during the month of Ramadan, it's also that social aspect, you know, because people are eating sweets, I'm going to be mm. eating sweets. You know, someone might be dieting uh, months in advance and then when it comes to Ramadan, they've got this pressure that, you know, because we're eating, because it's Ramadan, uh, you know, join us. And yeah. then you just become so addicted to it yeah. that it's hard to sort of move away and step away from that habit. But then also you mightn't feel that great the next day as well. So I think that is one of those bad habits that could roll over yeah. is those late-time eating, isn't it? Those nighttime eating, the yeah. sweets, the tea, the coffee, whatever it is at nighttime. That's right. And the social aspect is important, but maybe we can replace it with something else. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'd like to really commend you, Prudence, for coming here today to enlighten us about the numerous benefits of fasting and in what way we can essentially make the most out of those benefits. Hopefully what we learned today can help us make more informed choices, minimize complications and maximize the benefit of our fast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show this afternoon and I hope each and every one of us will take what you mentioned today on board so that we can really fulfill the benefits that fasting can bring. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honour and Ramadan Mubarak to Ramadan everyone. Ramadan Mubarak to you too. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Indeed, Ramadan is the greatest month of the year. Welcome back, dearest listeners, to Keeping Up With Ramadan. You've got Nadia hosting the show for you this afternoon, broadcasting on 92.1 FM, Muslim Community Radio. As you heard, there is truly so much that we can gain through fasting. We know the main goal from the month of Ramadan is to obtain spiritual rejuvenation, but we can also acquire the health benefits that come with it if we follow the advice of nutritional experts. So add to the fact that you gain a sense of spiritual rejuvenation, there is also 
the opportunity to eliminate unhealthy eating patterns and give our, I guess, overburdened digestive systems a much needed break. Add all these things together, fasting, praying, performing acts of obedience, eating well, maintaining proper nutrition on a daily basis. All of these things together can have a transformational effect on our overall sense of well-being and contentment. So fasting is such a great opportunity to transform yourself, to change those unhealthy unhealthy habits, a chance to reflect and detox from our unhealthy lifestyles. It allows us to really pause, reflect and rewind. Not only will your mind and soul be detoxed, but your body will also be detoxed. Your body will be healed and energized. Uh, But as Prudence said, in order for this to happen, to achieve that healing and energy, in order to achieve this, you will need to make sure that you are eating the right food, uh, you are avoiding the bad types of foods, and of course, you are eating in the right way. So hopefully we all can make the conscious effort to follow the nutritional advice of experts like Prudence Matar, who did such a fabulous job explaining all we need to know about establishing a healthy Ramadan. Ramadan, you mean so much to me. My flaws, Ramadan, you make me see. And this is where I conclude the program for today. I wish to extend a very special thank you to Prudence Matar for sharing her wealth of advice on how to maximize the health benefits of Ramadan fasting. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and I look forward to having your company on a brand new edition of Keeping Up With Ramadan. Please keep me in your dua. May Allah accept your good deeds and your fasting. Ameen.